It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you like what we do, please hit that follow button or that subscribe button. We'll be delivered to your eyes and ears first thing when we drop our episodes every day. And it's going to be a loaded week, James, as we will have coverage after each day of the draft. In addition to what we're doing leading up to the draft, including today's What Will They Do mock, tomorrow's mock draft with special guest Joe Goodberry. And for your final show before the draft, both Joe and Mike at Bengals underscore Sands will be joining us for a quad panel show. But before we get into the What Will They Do mock, James, last time we met, Duke Tobin had just spoken. He addressed the media on Friday, on Monday. Zach Taylor took his turn with the media down at Paul Brown Stadium. You were there. Not a ton to take away from Taylor's comments, but the biggest one is we're going to play the it's lying season game. Is it smoke or is it fire? <laughs> That's right. Is it smoke? Is it fire? And he literally painted the Bengals like the picture of sort of the debate we've had and certainly discussed uh, in, in mailbags for sure. And, and the debate I had when I went through the what they should do mock. And, and again, like Jake said, we'll get to the what they will do. And a lot of people think they will draft a three-tech. And it's going to be hard to find a three-tech in this draft, depending uh, on who's available when, just because there aren't many of them that you look at and you say, all right, they're going to be able to help the Bengals right now. Yeah. And we've seen the wide receiver contracts that have been going being shoveled out and so there are a lot of people that are like, well, the Bengals should get ahead of the game even more with T. Higgins uh, a year away from being extension eligible, with Tyler Boyd uh, potentially being uh, a cap casualty next year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the, the potential's out there with two years left on his deal. And so it's like, do you think that's going to impact the wide receiver market? And Zach Taylor straight up was like, well, yeah, you could have the you draft have the foresight essentially to draft a receiver for down the line at the same time if you don't have a three tech it's going to affect how you win games and if you yeah, win games I, in 2022 i have the exact quote here he said and and this is the context so this isn't out of context or anything he said if you need a defensive lineman but you're thinking about the future of the receiver market 
and you're going to leave a huge hole at three technique, it's going to be hard to win games. That's mm-hmm. what Zach Taylor said. Because he was asked, you know, if you're looking ahead at what receivers are getting paid, and, and this was his answer. Yeah, so will it affect where wide receivers go? Will there be more wide receivers going earlier? And will they just their stock be much higher in the draft? Because it's cheaper contracts, even if you're getting them in round one. I think this is a smokescreen. Not that they're not in, you know, interested in a three tech because they are and that goes without saying right but why the hell would zach say this why would he i I mean we've gotten all this wide receiver stuff now i'm thinking they might take a wide receiver when i thought they when i said that they should which is in round three i think that could be a good area for them to do it uh maybe it's round four right but still earlier than a lot of people would anticipate i think but yeah, first you have you know Brian Callahan downplaying it some on this show, and then last week, do they play special teams? And you know they're going to be the fourth receiver, and then you got this. I don't know, man. You really think he's going to give us this nugget? Are we going to take a receiver or a guy that's you know a receiver that can help us in three years, or a three tech that's going to help us now? Well, obviously you want the three tech that's going to help you now, Zach. I I don't think this was a slip up. He doesn't really have slips. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that this, this might be a little smoke action from Zach Taylor. Remember when Marvin Lewis said, we're looking at every position, but quarterback, that wasn't yeah, a smoke no, screen. There was no smoke there. That was, that was the, and, uh, the John Ross draft. And, and I'm not saying that this is the same thing, but I do cool. not think this is a smoke screen. I think that this is, this is the Bengals. And maybe this is just an example. I think he's talking in generalities here, for one. For example, he was asked about the best player he ever scouted. He answered Andrew Luck, not thinking about his own players. So he's thinking about these things as hypotheticals a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. one one thing is this could not be about the Bengals at all. This could just happen to line up with the things perfectly. they're going through. Yeah, well, yeah, perfectly. I mean, he, look, he, he said Andrew Luck is the best player he ever scouted. And then he was like, oh, I wasn't thinking about our guys. Of course, Joe Burrow, then Andrew Luck. But I do think that I think that there's something to this. I don't think that there's going to be an early receiver. And I think that he's speaking to just in general, the challenge of balancing roster building. And he's, he talked about this too. We were talking before we started recording how this is his third year as a head coach, third year, right? Fourth year, fourth year, fourth year as a head coach in the draft in a draft room third he's been in three before is what he what he talked about and so i think learning that balance of roster construction has been something that he's taken to heart as a relatively new head coach in these situations where previously you know he's talking about yeah i was a quarterbacks coach i scouted the quarterbacks and that was my involvement and now he's got a much broader involvement in team building than he did prior to being the head coach for the Bengals. Yeah, I think it's on one hand, it's easy. You can be, you could say, look, obviously three tech as a whole, you know, there's a clear need there. Um, and maybe it was a slip. I I would bet now I would take the like, you know, if you go under round four, so or, or earlier, if it's earlier or later than round four receiver wise, or round four and a half, I guess, because you have to have the betting line at bet online. Uh, if there was one. I would take the under now, you know, I I think, or, or the earlier, because I, I think that they are, are going to take a receiver there. And again, I get you see the three tech need, but to me, 
Zach doesn't do this. And they said that about quarterback Marvin did just so to keep everyone from saying Andy Dalton needed to be replaced, even though I was saying it anyway, at the time, people forget that maybe, but on this podcast, I believe, but the point is, uh, you know, I, I could see it, your scenario. I just don't know what benefit it would give to give that exact example when he could have easily thought of a different example, right? Where it's like yeah. center, not three tech. Why would you I point you. out three tech? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they have a deal done with Larry Ogunjobi that they're going to get done right after the draft. And so they're not even going to draft a three tech. Complete speculation on my end, but who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, th- that that's also certainly part of it is it is full on lying season. But as I was going through the exercise of the what will they do mock draft, my biggest challenge was who fits in the third round as far as an offensive player. I had a hard time finding the things that hit the Bengals thresholds that I thought that was an appropriate place for them to get drafted. They wouldn't be overdrafted. They wouldn't be long gone by then. And wide receiver was something that I, I tried to find, and it was challenging. So maybe but, they go round two. And, and that would certainly be interesting. There's a lot more options there. But again, if you're taking a second end of second round receiver this year, you're taking a player that has some flaws because that's what you get for the most part at that position where wide receiver is going to be valued early in the draft. And so, yeah, if it's a faller, that you think you can really maximize and it's overwhelming value, then then yes. But that's, that's still where I am with wide receiver kind of on day two, I think overall, is it has to be a guy that they have a higher, much higher grade on, I think, than where they're picking. But we'll get into it, James. I've got my what will they do mock, and I feel less confident this year than than ever before. That's my preface. The last couple of years, I've hit a couple of guys. The first rounds have been gimmies, but I've hit a couple of guys in this year I feel like I am reading tea leaves that say nothing, but we'll get into that in just a minute. But first, a word from AG1. I take AG1 every day. What is AG1? Well, it is a miracle scoop for me. You take a scoop of AG1 in eight ounces of water. I always use eight, use eight ounces because I drink plenty of water anyway, and I want to get it down the hatch and get it feeling good. And Well, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins with every scoop of AG1. You only take one scoop a day, so it's not crazy or anything like that, but 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, all in one scoop. And look, the best part, I'm bad at eating vegetables. I don't like the taste, but I like the taste of AG1. It goes down the hatch every morning. It's the first thing outside of water that I drink. You need to check them out right now. It is uh, an awesome, awesome product. And you check them out right now at athleticgreens.com slash NFL network, athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. And you're going to get five free travel packs of AG1. Plus you're going to get their vitamin D booster, a year supply. So don't delay. I'm taking those right now, each and every day. So is Jake. Check them out right now, athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. We're also brought to you today by Bet Online, your number one sp- sp- source for all your betting stats and sports info. They've got tons of NFL draft props going on right now. SEC players drafted in the first round, over under set at 10.5. Big 10 players in the first round, over under at 6.5. And, and Ohio State fans watching still want to talk about the Big 10 being 
a competitive football conference with the SEC, but without throwing more shade than I need to to our Ohio State fan listeners, go check out betonline.net for all of those great pieces of information, the latest sports developments, league reviews, news for basketball playoffs, for Major League Baseball season, and for the NFL draft, all at BetOnline, your continued sports for all your sports wagering information. Go check it out today at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Jake. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited. So we got to my what they should do. Now it's time for what they will do with Jake Lisko. You're on the clock, 31st overall in the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, so what I've done this year, similar to last year's, I've used some Bengals historical thresholds that Joe Goodberry and myself have been tracking. Mostly Joe Goodberry, I'll give him a lot of credit for this work. And we've taken, you know, that against what we what they've indicated interest in, who they've met with. And what I'm using to determine whether a player will be available is mostly Arif Hassan's consensus board which we also used in our uh, our draft spreadsheet, which we released on Monday as well. But essentially, I've got a pool of players for each pick, and then I've highlighted a guy that I think they'll pick in each spot. And last year when we did this exercise, James, we were starting on draft work, you know, last November, last December. We did tons of mock drafts, and I felt so much more familiar with guys in the fifth and sixth rounds This year, those were the hardest for me, the fifth and sixth round specifically, because I think that's a little bit too early for a lot of the guys they've been reported to have met with. A lot Mm -hmm. of those guys are more UDFA types, priority free agent types. Some of them will be in the seventh round for sure, but a lot of them will also be undrafted. But we get there later on. Let's start with the first round. And in the first round, I land on Kyer Elam, the cornerback from Florida. And this is because I think they would pass on Tyler Linderbaum if he's available for one. I I just think that because of positional value, because of concerns with his size and and reasons that we've discussed in the past, uh, their investment in the offensive line being another one, the depth of interior offensive line in this class, I think they would pass on Linderbaum in the first round if he's available. Not necessarily for Kyer Elam, but for a number of players. And it's going to depend on how they have these guys graded. Maybe it's Kyler Gordon. Maybe it's Andrew Booth. Maybe it's a falling Trent McDuffie. These are all guys I think they would consider if they were available in the first round. And of course, George Karloftis is the other one who, again, Todd McShay on Monday, everyone's dumping their, this is what we've heard about the draft lately articles. And Todd McShay wrote that George Karloftis, Tyler Linderbaum, and N'Kobe Dean might all fall out of the first round from what he's heard with Dean being the most likely to stay in the first round. So if Carl Loftus, Linderbaum, Elam, Gordon are all available, I think that would be a very difficult choice for the Bengals. But I don't think Carl Loftus will be. I think if he is, I think he might be the pick. But assuming that he's gone when he'll be drafted, I think Kyer Elam is is a fairly likely proxy for corner here. But I can see it being any of those three corners, Kyler Gordon, Andrew Booth, Kyer Elam. For sure. No, I think cornerback's the favorite. Wouldn't be shocked at all if it's Kyer Elam. If you told me it was Booth, if it was Gordon – Again, wouldn't wouldn't be shocked one bit. Um, I agree with you to, on on George Karloftis. You know, in our ultimate mock, we took uh, Linderbaum, but wouldn't be shocked. Or, or you know, I think they would go the other way if presented with Linderbaum Karloftis, and you know, maybe we'll get to see that on Thursday night, right? But 
Overall, I think they want a corner. I think in an ideal world, the the ideal corner would be there for them so they could address that spot. And it's just really hard to forecast which ones are going to be there at 31. And buckle up, Bengals fans, because it could be Gordon. Like you said, it could be Gordon. Like Elam could be on the board, Booth could be on the board, and suddenly they pick Kyler Gordon. And you know we've talked a lot about Gord, uh, about Booth and Elam. And so it is going to be interesting if they're faced with multiple corners that are projected to go in round one and that they're st- if they're still on the board at 31. This has been the projection for the Bengals since before free agency and certainly after free agency. Before free agency, a lot more thought to offensive line, I think. And then they signed three guys there. And then focus really shifted to the defensive side of the ball. And I think that in terms of where guys are projected to go, unless one of these edge guys falls, Arnold Abikady, another name I should throw out there for, for 31, I think it'll be one of those corners. But maybe they've thrown us for a giant loop, James. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the year the Bengals have smoke screened us in the first round. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know, uh, you know, if, if smoke screen in the first round, but I just, you know, the, the three-tech idea. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you one more name that I think would be in that bucket of players to use Duke Tobin's reference. I, I think Daxton Hill, if he was there, I don't think he will be. And, and that was the, the first guy we mocked to the Bengals earlier this month when we did our first mock. I think he's probably a top 20 guy on their board, if I had to imagine. So if he's still there at 31, again, I don't think he will be. And I know they've never taken a safety in round one. I understand all that. Um, but depending on who's there, I, I certainly think he would be in playoff available, much like a George Karloftis, where it seems like he's probably not going to be there. I think Lewis signed, too, if we're starting to talk about some some other positions and some safeties. In the second round, I'm looking at potential corner options in case they don't go corner in the first round. And so Cam Taylor Britt is the most obvious to me there. If Trey McBride is available at pick 63, that's probably in serious consideration for the Bengals. I don't think he gets that far. Same for guys like Logan Hall and Travis Jones. I think if they make it to the end of the second round, the Bengals are probably interested in those players as well. Kingsley Enigbare, another guy, an edge rusher, very athletic, a guy that I think is in play. And this is where you could see them go for their first offensive lineman in the draft, potentially, depending on how things fall. Names like Cole Strange, uh, Cam Jurgens, potentially, if they think they can rein, his, rein in his athleticism, Jemery Sawyer, or all guys that I think the Bengals could be interested in is 63. But I land on Perry and Winfrey here, and a lot of people are going to be telling me he won't be available. There's no way he's available. And so to, to source this, I looked at, one, grinding the mocks has his expected draft position. This is work that Benjamin Robinson does where he looks at all the mock drafts and forecast draft position they have him exactly at 63 so that's where the Bengals pick works for me and on the (laughs) consensus board he is at 59 and so there are some issues with Perry and Winfrey he didn't test but the Bengals I know they like guys to test they haven't shown major he didn't complete testing I should say they haven't shown major pickiness over athleticism at the defensive tackle spot they're they're kind of all over the place there and this is a a clear some interior flexibility kind of guy 21.7 years old still on the younger end of things a guy that would come in and be the pass rusher the penetrating three tech type and he could play some five tech that i think they're looking for wouldn't shock me one bit you know i that's arguably and, and actually Probably not, arguably, as far as like starting lineup 
goes. I mean, you you would say left guard, but they may view Jackson Carmen as the left guard anyways. Um, it's three tech and, and finding someone to play that role. And so that's the part of Zach Taylor's comments that I don't think are a smokescreen regardless because they know they need a three tech regardless. They're going to have to find a way uh, to fill that role and Perry and Winfrey should be able to do that right away. And, you know, it's uh, him not testing might make it even, you know, a little more likely that he does fall to 63. So, you know, Kyrie Elam, Perry and Winfrey, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see if they go that route. Defense, defense, two guys that could contribute right away. And remember last week's mailbag, we were asked, could they go four straight defensive players? And we both said two two much more likely, three slightly more likely, four, I can't see it. And in just a minute, you'll find out if I've picked three straight defensive players to start this, what will they do? Mock draft will continue with the rest of day two and day three coming up next. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, summer is almost here, which means hot weather, which means you need to make sure that your car is running smoothly, that everything is in line, and you want that reliable transportation. You know how you do that with rockauto.com. They've been in the business for more than two decades, and you don't need to go to these big car parts stores in person and ask Earl about your Hyundai or your Honda CRV. No, no, no. You could just go to rockauto.com, type in the year, make, model. They're going to have what you're looking for, whether it's something as simple as an air filter or maybe a fuel pump, something a little more in-depth. doesn't matter. Rockauto.com is going to have the parts you're looking for, and you're not going to pay 30, 50, even 100% more. You're going to save money at rockauto.com. So check them out. I've used them and you should too at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. All right, Jake, let's uh we got Kyrie Elam, we got Perry and Winfrey. It's pick 95, round three, Friday night. I'm already fatigued and tired. The Bengals have addressed defense, defense. Do we have an offensive player? Is Joe Burrow going to be smiling or is sweet Lou Anarumo about to spike the ball and do a touchdown dance with three defensive players? I think Joe Burrow is going to be happy regardless, or at least he will play that way. I was looking at safeties in the third round. I was looking again at potential corners at this point, just in case, because when I started this process, I'm thinking like there's a branching path that you can go down here. If you pick a corner in the first round, they're probably not picking a corner again before day three. Probably. Uh, not, Not for sure, but probably. If they pick a defensive lineman in the first round, they're looking for a corner probably pretty quickly, probably in the second round. And so I did look a little bit at corner here and, you know, Alante Taylor, and if Cam Taylor Britt is not the end of the second round, the end of the third round, those are a couple of guys for sure. And I'm looking for fallers at this point too. So at tight end, if Greg Dulcich, Dulcich is still there, I think that that is certainly a very likely pick. I don't sure. think that he will be there at the end of the third round. Charlie Kohler, 
another tight end that I think is in play at the end of the third round. Again, going back to offensive line, Jamory Sawyer, if he's available at the end of the third round, I think that they would pick him. And so same could be said for Alec Pierce, maybe Khalil Shakir. So there are some wide receivers that I'm looking at at this point. If Alec Pierce is there, I think he's very tempting. He fits the kind of wide receiver that they've talked to. And they did, of course, meet with him. They've seen plenty of Alec Pierce. I do end up with an offensive player here, James, but it's not one that we've talked about very much. It's Sean Ryan from UCLA, who I yeah. think played tackle at UCLA, play, is probably going to be a guard in the NFL, a guy that the Bengals met with back at the Combine, a guy that has been in my head since the Combine as a guy that I think they would like. And in the third round, again, if he's there, because he could go earlier in the third round, certainly – I think would make sense for the safeties. I was looking at here also in contention, Kirby, Joseph, Brian cook, Nick cross are, are the kinds of safeties. I'm looking at here. Very athletic safety class. Alante Taylor. If you see him as a safety in play, but I go back to the offensive line here and I went back and forth on this one a lot. I was looking at Charlie Kolar for a long time. I was going to say, ah, Greg Dulcich, he'll be there, but I don't think he will be. And so I, I, re- I restrain myself from picking Greg Dulcich here. Yeah, and you get his teammate and Sean Ryan. Um, no, I uh, I like it. And and I think that's one of the reasons if you think that the Bengals are going to pass on Tyler Linderbaum, and I think both of us agree, part of it is that the interior offensive line depth, they're going to look at it and say, all right, well, we can get a player that can contribute and in or, or at least compete, excuse me, contributes the wrong word, compete for that left guard spot and, and push that way. We already have a center we like in Ted Karras. That's why we signed him. It's okay. Uh, if we just find a guard like Sean Ryan uh, to come in and compete there. So I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I agree with you. If Dulcich was there, that would be awesome. Uh, I do think the old Brian Cook action wouldn't be bad here. You know, if it's three straight defensive players, you go with that kid, man. Uh, I know people at the University of Cincinnati love him and think that he's going to be better in the league than he was even at UC where he was really a leader of that defense. And that defense obviously had Kobe Bryant and Ahmad Sauce Gardner on it. So, uh, yeah, Cook wouldn't have been a bad pick, but I, I like the Ryan selection. My my first pick here was Brian Cook. And then I was wow. like, I, I can't do three straight defensive players. I talked myself out of it. But originally, I did land on Brian Cook. So the, the local ties, I don't know how much that matters to the Bengals, but he's also a really good player. And yeah. so that's what and, I think. And matters. I think they're in the safety <laughs> market. So, yep. you know, there, there are a couple of UC players here, but I think Alec Pierce will not make it to 95. I think if he does... As we've discussed in previous mock draft Mondays, I think he's a strong consideration for the Bengals at that point. I just don't think he'll make it there. I should mention here again, Cam Jurgens, if he's available at the end of the third round, I think would be an interesting choice. And if Cole Strange falls because he went to Chattanooga and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a big school and there are quality of competition questions for him, there are a couple other offensive line names in the third round. Yep. No, I, I would agree with that. What do you got in round four? In the fourth round, I'm back to defense, and I didn't really want to be, but uh, I, I could This is the anti-James mock. Defense, well, defense, defense. Defense wins championships. All right, 2000s Ravens, let's go. It's, it's hard here because there's no <laughs> tight end that I love that I think will be available sure. at pick 136. There's no wide receiver that I think is a great fit for them at mm-hmm. 136. One guy that I wish they had met. And I would have mocked him to them if they had met with him or there's any indication of interest is Romeo Dobbs from Nevada, the wide receiver. I think he hits their thresholds 
for a lot of things that, but like, there's no reason for me to believe they're interested in him. And, and so I don't go that way. I mean, I guess there's no reason to believe they're interested in the player that I have mocked to them here either, but some of the guys, I think they are interested in that could be in play as early as a fourth round or as late as the fourth round, depending on how you see them. Matthew Butler, if they don't get a defensive tackle earlier, yeah. if he's still there in the fourth round, Rashad white running back from, I think Arizona state. And I apologize if I have that wrong. We've done very little work on running backs this year, but they did meet with Rashad white and this would be the floor for his range. So I think that he would be in play there. He's a running back. I know, but they like to, uh, he, he went to Arizona state. Yeah. All right. At least I got that right. His name isn't juice though. So we got that going. Uh, some offensive linemen here. Well, one offensive lineman in particular here that stands out is Marquise Hayes. If he's available from Oklahoma, Luke Gadecki, if he's available from directional Michigan, central directional Michigan, I believe. And uh, Darian Beavers, this would be the range for him as well if they decide they want to dabble in that market. There are also some edge rushers that if they fall to the fourth round, I think they're interested in. But I land on Zachary Carter from Miami, interior defensive lineman. And it's a bit of a double dip, but he's a lighter player. I think he can, he has a little bit more positional flexibility. He can move around a little bit, has good production, tested like an above average, well above average athlete, and was one of the better pass rushers in terms of pass rush win rate that's available at this point in the draft. And so I'm not the most thrilled about this pick, 23 years old, but it, I could see them double dipping on the defensive interior to try to find some pass rush that sticks and try to find some rotational pieces. And this one in particular at uh, 282 pounds at six, four, they, they might think that he can play a little bit more versus versatility than, than Perry and Winfrey. Who's also on the lighter side, but not quite as light as Zachary Carter. Interesting. Interesting. You double dip with defensive line, right? You see the cornerback double dip, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if there is, believe it or not, a wide receiver double dip later um, where they take one in, say, round five and round seven just because it's the top player on their board. Um, but, yeah, the interior defensive line, offensive line double dip, maybe. The only thing I would say is, much like offensive line, they like the young guys they have. And so how much room is there? But, yeah, yeah I mean, if they think Carter can come in and and beat out some of these other guys for, for the job, then – you know, that's uh, that's the route they could certainly go. And that's the thing, too, drafting at the end of every round. That there's 50,000 scenarios. And the deeper you get, as you felt during this exercise, it's crazy how things play out. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they double dip at a position of need and, and address the defensive line twice. And maybe it's corner here, right? If there's a guy that falls, they sure. like to Mari Mathis, a name we've been talking about since Dane Brugler introduced us to him. Zion McCollum, a guy that they met with. If he's still there in the fourth round, which I, I don't think he is, I think some team bets on his athleticism much earlier. This I, is the Marcus Jones. This is the Marcus Jones for me. This is this was my bold area, man. If he's still there, little Marcus. Sure. Uh, Alex Wright, UAB edge rusher, another one. I, I wanted an edge rusher here, and yeah. I couldn't find one that I think that they would actually draft. Like Alex Wright would be a guy, but I don't think he hit some of their metrics, and so – I could be wrong about that. They could end up picking him, but all right. So I, right I, now, th three defensive players, time. one offensive player. Yep, it's three to one in a best of eight series. So uh, yeah, not looking good for for James's team offense 
What do you got in round five? In round five, we're back to the offensive side of the ball. There are a couple defensive linemen that I think could be in play here if they don't go there earlier. This is probably roughly the range for Isaiah Thomas and Michael mm-hmm. Clemens. It could be the range for an offensive lineman like Lasidus Smith or Logan Bruss. But I land on the tight end here. And a couple weeks ago, we were talking to Joe when we did the deep dive on tight ends. And we were I, I joked with him, I'm like, so what we're looking for is an athletic tight end that we can get in the middle rounds who maybe has some upside, who maybe wasn't like the most productive in college. And that's Daniel Bellinger to me, San Diego State, one of the better at testing athletes at tight end in this class. Maybe not, maybe not on tape as much a, a fantastic athlete, but tested in the 96th percentile is a guy that at this point I'm just saying, okay, he tested like a great athlete. Let's roll the dice. And, and see if we can hit. He's also younger, 21 and a half years old, ran that 4'6", 340. Mm-hmm. 6'5", is pretty good size for the position. Wasn't, again, wasn't terribly productive, but hit productivity thresholds. And so that's that's why I fall on Daniel Bellinger here in the fifth I round. Like it. And he could be gone too, but the consensus yeah. for him is 142. So one, 174, maybe this is a bit of a stretch. Maybe, but... You know, six five can run. Look, if if you're going to put athletes around Joe Burrow, I like it, and they're going to have to address tight end at some point. It's just a matter of when and who falls where. One of the tight ends is going to fall, right? So maybe it's Bellinger in round five. Maybe it's McBride in round two. Probably not. Uh, maybe it's Dulcich in round three, like you mentioned. And so one of them, they're going to have a higher grade on, and they're going to be like, "Man, he's still there. Let's take him." I, I really do believe that. That is. Almost the beauty of drafting at the end of the round is you're going to be surprised that a guy's there here and there, and, and you might be surprised a bit more than, oh, let's take this guy because we're drafting the beginning of the round. So, yeah, Daniel Bellinger it is. So now it's three to two. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah, don't do not do that. You yeah, be I didn't wrong. Think, I was going to say, I, I, I feel more defense. Right, hold on. That's round five. D- do I see a punter in round six? This is the interesting part. Here we go. No. Ooh, will Jake go punter? No, I, I don't think the Bengals are going to draft a punter. So there will not be a punter in this draft. By I am way, back to the You're supposed to ahead. build up the suspense. That is a yeah. bad job by you. Go ahead. Sometimes I can do that, but people wouldn't believe me, man. People people know me better than that. Just say, I don't know. We'll see. Round six. I don't know. We'll see. Round six. <laughs> Take two, go. (laughs) This is is where you start to get into some of those UDFA guys that the Bengals have talked to that are projected as priority free agents because teams are going to see those guys at that point as fifth, sixth round grades all the way down to priority free agents. So this is where guys like Samori Torre and uh, David Anini, who you took in your um, What Should They Do mock, a guy they've met with, start to show up for me. I go safety here. I've kind of been looking for a safety throughout the draft because I think the Bengals are going to be interested in a safety. And I go with Dane Belton from Iowa. Dane Belton is a fifth fifth to sixth round grade from Dane Brugler. So again, maybe this is a little bit late for him. I think on the consensus board, this was pretty reasonable on the consensus board. He is 177. So I guess I'm a little bit late here. Maybe maybe 30 picks late. So maybe he's gone. Very well could be gone. Tested really well. 94th percentile athleticism. Hits productivity thresholds. 
85th percent productivity, ran a 4-4-3-40, and he, he has a tackling issue, missed 16% of his tackles, which you don't like to see, but at 21 and a half years old, again, going for youth and athleticism here, he would have time to learn from some really good safeties in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Even if they're not back next year, they're there this year. And I like that the athleticism has some upside to it. And, and that's probably, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a false, you know, a logical fallacy that we do sometimes with the draft. We equate athleticism with upside. I think there is some there for Dane Belton, though, who also graded really well for PFF on Iowa's defense in the Big Ten. So if he's available to me in round six, I'm all about it. I get it. Two things. One, you watch all that Iowa tape of Tyler Linderbaum and, and you flip on the defense and you, you end up taking an Iowa player you know, on the defensive side. So that, that hurts me here. And, and I'm pointing to my heart for those that are listening uh, because, you know, I was team Linderbaum. Um, so thanks, Bengals, for that because this is, this is a, what the Bengals would do. Two, in the all-name draft, Storm Monday. Uh, or, or, yeah, was it, What's it, Storm Monday? Are you making fun of me right now? What, what what is it? What was his name? Juice Monday. Okay. What was go, it? Go ahead. Smoke. Smoke Monday. Oh, okay. I was just we we're just getting nicknames wrong. Point being, though, <sighs> that's not a nickname. Is, that's his actual name, I think. It might be, but maybe. But point is, is he's a, a number one pick in the Smoke Monday draft. Uh, it's in, not his in actual name, name in the all name draft. Yeah, I didn't think it was Quindarius. <laughs> there you go. Well, I would rather be called Smoke too. Uh, just kidding when Darius point being is when you when, said safety in round six, uh, I was like, Oh, smoke, smoke, smoke. Uh, not had nothing to do with the player, uh, but it actually sounds like Dane Belton is a, is a much better prospect. So I'm excited for this prospect. So that's my analysis basically is it had nothing to do with Dane Belton, everything to do with what was around him uh, or around this podcast. Juice Monday, juice smoke Tuesday. I, I have him smoke in consideration. <laughs> For for the Bengals in, in the seventh round, they did meet with Smoke Monday. Like they actually met with Smoke Monday. There could be legitimate yeah. interest here in the best name in the draft. 22 years old from Auburn is Smoke Monday. Hits, I believe, their productivity thresholds and kind of tested like a middling athlete. But Jesse Bates didn't test like a great athlete either, although Smoke Monday does not profile as a deep safety. So going to the seventh round, we're back on the offensive side of the ball, James. This is where all of those visits with these really good testing wide receivers comes up and starts mm -hmm. to tempt me for this yep. vertical outside wide receiver who can run and whose trump card is getting deep. And one of them is Isaiah Weston. Yep. The Bengals recently met with him. I think that that makes sense for a lot of reasons. But, but. how can I resist Samar Samori Turi? Because Man. the guy just keeps going up in terms of draft stock, transferred to Iowa, really productive and athletic enough, I think. He's a little bit older, so that's a downside. So is Isaiah Weston, both of them over 24 years old. But at this point in the draft, when you're this late, it's hard to find guys that check boxes and, and aren't on the older side. The other guy that I like here, but I haven't seen linked to the Bengals at all, is Makai Polk from Mississippi State. I think he was a transfer as well. Didn't test quite as well, but really, really productive 
at Mississippi State and younger than 21 years old at just 20.7 years old coming into the draft. The Bengals do like young receivers. And so that could be a flyer that they take. Another name that I wanted to point out. Yeah, Samori Toure. Toure. What did I say? Samori Toure. I, I don't know, but not that. Okay. But that's how you say it. Shout out to Dane Brugler for having his pronunciation guide in the beast because I sure as hell wouldn't know how to say it otherwise. Um, look at me acting like I'm the name expert. Smoke Monday. Uh, Samori Toure. Uh, I, and I had him here too. I think they would take him here. I wonder if he goes earlier. It's just he's met with so many damn teams, and it seems like NFL is higher on him than draft consensus. So that part is going to be interesting. But if he's here, especially if they haven't taken a receiver, because look, whether you know, it's fun to say, oh, James, wide receiver, he's wide receiver biased, all that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, the wide receiver position was the Bengals' second most valuable position last year, right? Like they're nowhere, like they, without Jamar, everything changed right and so that's what i think i think wide receivers is is as valuable as it's ever been in the history of nfl football and i think it's going to continue to be that way and so yeah if they if they wait till round seven i'm going to be like oh i don't know but yeah samori toure i like him if he's there yeah and isaiah weston i think would be a fun sure a fun especially like preseason isaiah weston would probably be a highlight reel in training camp and in the preseason so he could be fun too uh, another name to keep an eye on here, late Jack Jones, cornerback from Arizona yeah. State, 24 and a half years old. The Bengals have met with him. Tony so that's Adams. Him off the field. Yes, he does. Jack Jones. Uh, Tony Adams from Illinois, another late round corner the yeah. Bengals have met with. Jasir Taylor as well. And if they're interested in corner, late, Kalen, Kalen Barnes, Baylor, Michael Wright, Oregon. And they're probably not there this late, but those are a couple guys that I would keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I agree. And Barnes is the one that ran the four two three forty. He's almost as fast as me. Um, but almost. apparently the tape, yeah, just a little, yeah. a little slow there, Caleb. But um, the the tape part of it, based on everywhere you read, it's like ah, might be able to stick because he's got those athletic tools. And, and so that's that's the part is, are they you know does the film match up enough to where they're like oh yeah bring him in, yeah. Uh, or not? They haven't met with him as far as I'm aware. But I agree with you. I mean could be, certainly be interest there based on his 40 time alone. And obviously he did make some plays at Baylor. Right. Yeah. So, so those are just some other names, Nick Muse, another name for the seventh round of tight end, Kalen Tolson, another name to keep an eye on, I think. And, and master Teague, who was at the Bengals, uh, local pro day mm-hmm. from Ohio state. Who's really fast uh, as well, but I another candidate, thing. another ahead. candidate for the all name draft. Go ahead. Master Teague. I mean, that's Master Teague's Monday. Yeah. I who like wins it. that? Who, who wins an arm wrestling? That's that's what I want to know. I, I would go with smoke. Trick answer or trick question. The answer is the guy who had a built bar that morning. Go ahead. My final pick for the Bengals is Curtis Brooks because I cannot quit him. And he might need to go earlier, but yeah, I want the Bengals to draft Curtis Brooks. And yep. so this is, I mean, who knows what they're doing in the seventh round, guys. It's going to be somebody that you haven't heard of, somebody that I haven't heard of, but I'm going to say it's Curtis Brooks. Actually, you know what? Last year, I nailed their seventh round pick. Wyatt Hubert was the guy that I had mocked to them in the Didn't seventh Didn't you have him going seventh round? Are you sure? Because yeah. I, yeah. I thought he was going to go in like round five or six. Like I, He was a faller, I thought. I had him in the seventh round last year. A couple of years ago is where I had Logan Wilson off by a round. I had him one round, one round later than they picked him. You had him in round four and they picked him yeah. in round three? 
I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I am so, way less confident that I'm going to get any of these guys right this year, starting with Kyer Elam in the first round, Perry and Winfrey in the second round of pick 63 at 95, Sean Ryan dipping into the offensive line at 136, looking at defensive lineman Zachary Carter. And I really wanted to pick Romeo Dobbs here, just, just for the record. I wanted to pick the wide receiver there, but I don't have confidence they would pull the trigger on that player in particular. In the fifth round, Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from San Diego State. In the sixth round, at 209, Dane Belton, safety from Iowa. And then their first pick in the seventh round, Samuri Toure. And wrapping up with Curtis Brooks at 252. Toure. Is that not what I'm saying? You're saying tour, like, you know, tour, like tour of Italy at at Olive Garden. Um, No, I I like it overall. (laughs) You you know, you you know, the thing that uh, both of us ran into and me in round three in particular, I think uh, you in round four, it gets tough. Yeah. Like there's a drop and and it depends on where, and maybe I hit it round four too, but there's a drop and it's like a a drop and you're like, oh, where do I go from here? And there's still this need and... And what's so uh, challenging about it is, like I said, it's this like kind of choose your own adventure branching paths thing. Yep. Like if, if they go corner in the first, well, then Damari Mathis, who you might like in the fourth, probably not as likely a pick as insert other position here that yep. they haven't picked yet. Because I do think they're going to hit a lot of positions this year, whereas in previous years, we've seen them doing a lot of doubling up. And we could see one position, I think, doubled up here and I tripled up on defensive line. But I don't know that it's going to be early. I don't think we're mm-hmm. going to see third, fourth round linebacker, third, fourth round wide receiver or tight end or something or offensive line like we have in years past. Yeah, I think you could potentially with corner if yeah. they didn't take one in round one. Right. Then yep. it opens up the box for that. But outside yep. of that, I, I agree with you. Um, overall, though, you know, I, I asked you to grade mine. I, I like it because I think Kyrie Elam. Perry and Winfrey, instant contributors. I think Elam's certainly capable of winning a starting job. Worst case, he's your fourth corner, which is is great to be, a great spot to be in. I think Winfrey, instant three tech. Uh, Sean Ryan could come in and beat out Jackson Carmen for that starting left guard job. So, you know, there's a scenario, and again, it's the best case, but where your first three picks at the end of rounds, which is much harder to do than the past couple of years, are contributing for you on a, a contending team and maybe even starting for you. Maybe two of the three are starting, which would be awesome. And then you beef up in, in key areas. I think adding a tight end is huge because we're one Hayden Hurst hamstring away from Drew Sample lining up in, in, in the passing game. And I got to be honest, Jake, you might be just as dynamic. Dayton Belton seem, is a fun addition. Uh, man, I'm just throwing shade everywhere. And Samori Toure, Toure, um, is a fun player, but my favorite pick is Curtis Brooks because you got a Bearcat in there, and I'm a Bearcat, and uh, and he's a beast. So that's the other part of it. Uh, but unfortunately, this is like the worst case scenario for him because you just added two interior defensive linemen, and then you add Curtis Brooks. He's going to have a a hard time making the team, but hopefully he'll beat uh, him out. He's going to be starting, starting week one. Curtis Brooks, hot takes. If if he beats out Perry and Winfrey, then we got a big problem. Yeah, it's probably not great. <laughs> but he is three years older, so there's that. Or two years older, three years older. He's older by a lot. Second round, seventh round. I mean, yeah. Dude. Well, sometimes the NFL screws up and lets Curtis Brooks get picked in the seventh round. Man, that's all I'm saying. Maximize value. Get your best player in the seventh round of the draft. I like it. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hope some of the other names I threw out there were satisfactory. And I'm sure you're going to yell at us with the players that we forgot to mention who are your draft crushes. So I'm looking forward to finding out who those guys are tomorrow. Joe Goodberry joins us with his seven round Lockdown Bengals exclusive mock draft for 2022. And then we've got our pre-draft episode. A lot of fun stuff coming this week with the Bengals adding to the roster. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.